No, it's the Volver. It's the Volver. Uh, and this game is like a martial arts revenge story for uh, uh, just for people to play. And and so the hook is it's a it's a linear battle. But what the hook is is that when you die, you age up. Oh. And so if you die repeatedly to the same boss the amount of eight years that you age increases. So you so you die and you immediately, like, so when you die, when you come back, you come back, you know, so you die the first time you're 21, come back, you're 22. Yeah. Immediately in that same spot, fighting the same dudes that were still, that were fight, that you were fighting before. If you continue to die, you'll die, you know, it'll be two years, four years, five years, until you get to the point that you're below... 70 um and once you're once you're you hit 70 the next time you die you're dead oh well, um, you know but real life but <laughs> right but as you but as you age you gain the wisdom and the experience of being you know of being older and what have you so you have more power but less health at least there's that right yeah uh, and so, you, yeah, you continue to go through the game and do a bunch of different things. It's really, really cool. Uh, so I'm looking forward to playing it. Absolutely. That sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. I, uh, I've been spending a square amount of time uh, doing retro gaming. Oh, okay. I've got a, uh, well, I've got, the, I've got the, the NES and the SNES classics, you know, the little, the little minis that Nintendo put out there. Sure, yeah, that came yeah, with yeah. The, You know, some games, yeah. pretty good. Um, but, uh, I've got a good friend, uh, friend of the show, multiple, multiple returning guests, Jake, Jake Hood, who, uh, makes retro gaming pies, um, raspberry pies. And so he, uh, he kitted me one up with about 13,000 odd retro games. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, if you want it, dude, if the Nintendo games that were only in Japan, uh, you got the Neo Geo, we got the uh, Turbo Graphics 16, you know, you know, oh, let's oh, uh, awesome. let's let the let's let the good folks know what's what's on the menu there. What do you have? What you what you settle on with your drink of choice? Oh, uh, this is Old Forester, um, the hundred proof. Um, yeah, this is a special collection Old Forester, straight from Kentucky. Okay, all right. It so is the you have... first bottled bour- bourbon, Old okay. Forester. Do you have um? Do you, you have the uh, you have the bottle there? Can can you give us its pedigree? I do. What's does it, do, what does it I tell do. you about itself? Uh, well, let's see. Nearly one hundred fifty years ago, my great grand my great great grandfather George Garvin Brown was the first to seal his bourbon in a glass of in a glass bottle, mm. ensuring consistency and exceptional quality. He felt so strongly in his convictions that he signed his name to it. Today, I am proud to add my signature as proof that our commitment to the old forest legacy lives on. There it is. So yeah. how's it dressed? You just having it neat? Uh, I am. I have a uh, giant bourbon ice, ice bowl, yeah, uh, ice cube in it. So I let it uh, dribble across the ice cube, and then I let it sit for at least 45 seconds to one minute 
yeah. to allow the the water to saturate and and kind of diffuse the aroma mm-hmm. from from the bourbon before I take a sip. Yeah, yeah. No, and see, uh, I think bourbon and enjoying bourbon um, in the process of bourbon itself is uh, patience is inherent. <laughs> You know, um, you don't get good bourbon if you don't have patience. Does does that bottle tend to tell you how long, how old it is? How long did this, it age? This is a, mm, let's see. Uh, does it say how long this one was aged? It does not. It is a ah. black label, which tends to be the longer be, be a longer age yeah but it's just giving me the proof it is not giving me a date there's a there's a a thing that's stamped on here but i can't tell am i getting old man eyes Probably. i don't know if it's old man eyes or if it's just the these things are obscured i want to think that it's obscured yeah. And not that I'm having old man eyes. I I am getting old man eyes though. Uh-huh. I, uh, oh yeah, I know that. I I, know I yeah I um, despite despite uh, how how much I don't want that to be the case, I am finding print to be smaller and smaller, <laughs> and um, and the only and and it is counterintuitive because. Uh, as I move it away, it gets less small. Yeah, no, it's weird. So <laughs> that mm-hmm. is that is not how life's supposed to work. Um, it isn't. It does well, not make me feel good. Well, I can't read because the letters are too small. Uh, the story on the back of my bottle of bourbon. Uh, but I do basically know the history because it is Rocktown bourbon. Uh, oh. it, is, it is Arkansas's own bourbon. Um, so it is brew or uh, it is uh, distilled up the road in Little Rock, just to not too far from the house. Uh, wow. And before they moved, the, so they moved locations. But when they were in their first location, I took a tour of the still. And, nice. Uh, that's that's what introduced me to their product. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, you got to go with the hometown team when you can. Uh, this bourbon uh, on the label, black labeled, uh, Arkansas Rocktown, you know, bourbon. Established 2010, so uh, you know they they they're just starting hey, to have you know, some of their... Listen, long, long legacy, spanning over two decades. Mm-hmm. Exactly, spanning exactly. Two decades. Arkansas's own, you know, double decade bourbon distillery. Yes, uh, yeah. but you know, they're so their their older or their aged product is just now coming up. Right. Right. So, right. You know, they've, oh, they've yeah. had plenty of young bourbon or, or uh, as as you would call it outside of uh, the legalities, moonshine. Yes. Plenty <laughs> of moonshine that you can buy. Um, but this hooch. is mooch, hooch, little hooch. I've had the real deal, man. It's not for it's not for sissies. Um, no. <laughs> so this is from barrel six, six, two. Uh, oh, and, wow. Uh, I've had a more than uh, I've had another bottle of this batch. So I've had another bottle out of barrel 662. Uh, oh, all right. It is uh, 59.1%. So it's uh, just under wow. 20 but, proof. Yeah. 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 It's a booty kicker, right? Yeah. Uh, aged 53 months. 
So not too much. Okay, so five and a half years? Yeah, it's a it's oh, a four pretty, and a half, four and a half. Yeah, four and a half years. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. That's about yeah. that's about a middle aged bourbon, you know, when yeah. you go by the seven year standard. So Yeah. I well, yeah, I've got a couple of I've got a oh man, I've got a whistle pig, I've got a swallow left of a whistle pig rye. That was a ten year. It was a ten year aged, that they left in for eighteen. So it was an eighteen year age that had was sitting for another ten years, that I was able to buy, and it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I've got uh, another ten year. I've got another ten year whistle pig that I've had now for four or five years. So it it was bottled, I believe, in 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I haven't opened it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, like I said, bourbon's about patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, like uh, like we discussed due to the, the recent uh, dietary adjustments I've had to make, I don't get to be as indulgent as I would like. But there's always special occasions where uh, a bottle is warranted, um, and uh, I have learned too that you know I uh, I like it probably a little more than I oughta, so uh, I have <laughs> to I have to tame myself because um, well you know it's in my blood. As it were, to right. be a whiskey drinker. So, as uh, as one is wont to say, yeah, yeah. I I have <laughs> I've been I've been very fortunate with that. I I kind of came to bourbon naturally, uh, and and really really fell in love with it. Uh, my mother moved to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, so I would go down to Louisville several times a year from Chicago. It's you know five six hour drive so you know just driving down is is no big deal my mother has lived there she has lived in louisville longer than i've lived in chicago and i've lived in chicago for 15 years uh so you know if you average four trips a year so i've been down there 60 times yeah easily roughly right in the last 15 years i've never been on a distillery tour never not once not ever, no, never, not once. Well, what's going to happen? Two, one of two things. This goes. This goes one of two ways. Uh, yes. We meet in Kentucky and go on a tour yes. there to visit moms because I'm sure moms has got some cooking, right? Um, you know, and then uh, or you know, you come down here and we'll go to a rock town, or we could do both. Right. I mean, they're okay. not mutually exclusive, right? <laughs> you always got to you always got to pick door number three because this is so. Here's the best part of. My life, so my life is is a uh, Shakespearean comedy tragedy, a uh, a comedy bit of all comedy bits. I will have more time to go and visit uh, distilleries down in Louisville because my mother is moving from Louisville. Right, right. So she it's won't the, be there anymore. Right, because so, when you visit, you won't have to just be visiting mom. Right. Well, yeah. so, yeah. So what happens what happens when I go visit mom is I get the honeydew list mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. right. And I uh, spend 
all of my time or the majority of my time, or at least the, the, the time where I would be able to go to a distillery, um, doing things for and around and about my mother and, and family. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, and As not that should. there's anything wrong. Yes. Right. Not As that there's anything should. wrong with that. Hey, um, um, but, it's good to have people to take care of. Yes. You know? Yes. It uh, is. I'd, I'd rather have them there to take care of than, uh, it's nice. As I was discussing with Zachy, uh, if you listen to that episode, we talked about how it's nice to have things to complain about. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You know, absolutely. Um, uh, you can you can you can leave or take the Boba Fett show, but let's perseverate on a minute for the fact that we have a Boba Fett show to either like or dislike. You know, you know, brother, yeah. we grew up the same time, and right. if you'd have told if you'd have told six year old Dan and uh, Cicero that right, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh, we would man. have not believed you. No, it's it's crazy. So I just discovered on YouTube. So it, man. Sometimes I know we I know it's in vogue to um, to to complain about where we are shit post, as the kids may say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About, you know, Jeez. on 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 Twitter and, and stuff like that. But but boy, you know, guys, we live in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's and and no, it's not flying cars. And no, we don't necessarily have. Everybody's have has a pair of lace up uh, sneakers. Auto lace, uh, Nikes, right? Right? Man, yeah, yeah. Right. And the hoverboards don't float above the ground. Um, but the Cubs did win the World Series, and um, our TVs are sixteen by nine. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm talking to a guy that I met over a series of tubes. Who yeah. lives in Arkansas right now, and I'm looking him in the eye. It's crazy. I can talk to a robot who will give me whatever if I want to listen to any song that's ever been created. You know, or set in creation. the mood low down by right. the fire, brother. Right. I can just, <laughs> at a whim, just tell the air what I want, and it will grant it for me. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. this is so. Like I know. I know the future is like I know the present. Is is there is lots of bad in the present, and 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 you don't have to convince me of that, right? Like I am, I am right there at your rally, but at the same time, right? Like I know when we envisioned the future, we didn't envision this part of the future, but we also didn't envision this part of the future, exactly, right? Like exactly. you know, um, so so yeah, so there's a show on YouTube. Called Toy Galaxy or a channel oh, on YouTube oh, called yeah. Toy Galaxy. Toy Galaxy, I wanna, I wanna get that guy on the show. Oh man, uh, <laughs> yeah, Dan I mean, Larson. Other than Dan the Larson, fact come on Council the show. Council of Dan's, you know. Yes, there Dan's. you go, there you go. Let's. Well, if if that's what you want, let's make it happen. Let's oh, get I, Dan I, Larson I've, on the show. Uh, I'm gonna reach out to him. You know, right? Uh, but yeah, no, that is how. Okay, just real quick, break off. Yes, highly recommend that channel to you listeners. Uh, if you are uh, nostalgia-ridden in any way whatsoever, child of the 80s, uh, Dan Larson and Toy Galaxy is the channel for you. Um, oh yeah, gosh. yeah, just go check it out. But back it to is, you, Cicero. <laughs> right, it is the rabbit hole of rabbit holes, right? I like, probably watched 80% of it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm making my way through. I, I You know, it is is lovely when people organically find these things. Mm -hmm. um, a great friend of mine sent me 
they sent me the uh, the uh, the episode they did on Alf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, that's a recent and, one too. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. watching that and was like, "Oh, wait a minute!" And looked at the recommended. Was like, "Wait a minute! I want to watch this." And then that, inevitably, that's what happens. You go through. You look at a couple of channels, or you watch a couple of episodes, and you're like, "Oh, well, let me discover this channel, figure out what it's all about." And then once I Four figured out what it was later. about, I was like, "All right, I'm done. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life, or at least until this is done." The same thing happened first. when I I stumbled into. Uh, Ryan George uh, and his skits, but also the pitch meetings that they do. Yes. And <laughs> I, I benched pitch meeting. Like yeah. there's one I have yet to watch the sausage party pitch meeting on principle alone. Just like oh. I'm not clicking on a picture of a wiener coming out of a hot dog bun like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure it's no hilarious. food orgies for you. No, man. Well, you know, now that you mention it, <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> oh, but I, I never got to tell you here real quick. I uh, I dressed mine up with um, uh, a little little splash of lemon juice and a dash of sugar. And, oh, huh. Dressed it on uh, with a lot of ice and uh, you know three quarters on water. So, huh? Okay. And it, and it, what is that? What is that? What what is the uh, the 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 taste on the tongue there? What's um. It's it's like uh, it's kind of like uh, an Arnold an Arnold Palmer, you know, which is a huh, half tea, okay. half, uh, half lemonade. Yeah, half iced yeah. tea. Yeah, yeah. Half, uh, half lemonade. Yeah, that wouldn't put it in the. Uh, you know, it could probably be convinced to turn itself into a Long Island iced tea. Hmm. Okay. With some work. Yeah. You know, I don't know if right, you put right, bourbon right. in those, but. You know, no, if you know how to if you know how to build a flavor profile, you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. Well, so <laughs> so do you know the story of the Long Island iced tea? Uh, uh, right. Even if I did, I would want you to tell me. So uh, <laughs> just to hear you tell. Us. So you know what's so what's funny is uh, the story of the Long Island iced tea is is uh, mythological, mm-hmm. right? Because because everybody it's it's the kid. It's the kid on the school bus who's got an uncle who works for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. He tells you all the stories, oh, blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. That is yeah. the story of Long Island Ice Tea. There are 17 different stories about the Long Island Ice Tea. And they're all true. And they're, and they're all true. Um, but the real story of the Long Island Ice Tea is that it's not from Long Island. Um, it is, it was a drink that the Rat Packers used to drink in Vegas, in early, early Vegas. That was just whatever. So you know the 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 uh, is it bartenders a making of, uh, yeah the bartenders, bartenders making drinks bartenders making drinks and you know invariably things wind up falling into the drink rinse bottle at the bottom there and it was just a mixture of all of those things with coke and a splash of lime that was and they called it he called it a Long Island iced tea. And and uh, I think it was like Dean Martin or something like somebody drank it and loved it and wanted that drink all the time. So then they had to figure out a recipe. They had to figure out what what a Long Island iced tea is. <laughs> so it is it is just crap. It is just real. Like if you're getting a top shelf Long Island iced tea, you're overpaying for crap because it is just real liquor. Uh, you know, whatever you want, Coke and lime, uh, boom, uh, lime so juice. 
I'm not far off the mark in that I could encourage this to become a Long Island iced tea. You could, you could, except that that bourbon is probably too good. Oh, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. I mean, but, you know, just as anything, man, as we've seen uh, on on TikTok or any other part of the Internet, um, you can bougie just about anything. That is true. You know, that is true. I think that that you could who what the hell with fancy cheese, grilled cheese, but they're out there. Right. Well, you know, yeah. hey, look, <laughs> if if Top Chef has shown us anything is that you can take uh, any poor ingredient and make it fine dining mm-hmm. and you can take any fine dining ingredient and make it, uh, you know, food cart garbage. Worthy. Yeah, you can yes. make it garbage. So, so there you go. That is that is the beauty of the world. The ju- the, the food. Ta-da. The food is in here. Yeah, you know, it go, isn't right. what you, it's. I mean, right. presentation's part of the food of it, was inside you all the along. whole time. That's right. Yes. You were the you were the answer to the food. Right. But I mean, <laughs> um, so this past the this last uh, episode that that just released, which is totally out of time compared to when this episode will be released, was with uh, <laughs> uh, Nikhil Merchant, uh, chef, and a um, couple things about that. One, uh, it was great to get to talk to someone who is passionate about food. He's a professional chef um, and someone who came to that passion through one, wanting to feed his family, you know, enjoying being the home cook. Right. Um, But then also, you know, thinking about food and things in terms of flavor profiles and understanding what different ingredients flavors bring to the overall whole. Right. And that's where I like thinking about, I was like, man, you know, just a straight whiskey on water with ice, that sounds basic, right? Cicero yep. deserves a little bit of effort, right? Oh, man. So I like, oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I got to think about something. I want to I wanna, I wow. wanna jazz it up a little bit. As my wife likes to say, uh, anytime I, I shit you not, man, salt and pepper counts as doctoring it up when it comes to seasoning the food because that girl grew up white bread. Hey, Iowa now. Midwest. <laughs> Iowa Midwest. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, yeah no, a lot anytime, of jello bowls. Oh, right, yeah. No, uh, it's funny though because when I would cook, you know, I'd start. What are you putting in there? What are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm cooking. I'm right. You know? I'm trying to make it taste. What is that basil? Basil? What is this? Basil. It's, it's spice. No, basil, uh, baby. Yeah. Basil, baby. Uh, so I was, but I thought about it. I was like, what? What flavor profile do I think I, I'm bringing here? And I right. thought I was like, you know thought about you know well a lot of drinks are made with simple syrup um yes. you know to kind of bring some sweet to it and i thought well i don't want to go through all that trouble no it's not hard it's in the name uh right. but uh <laughs> but i was like well you know i bet you could probably do a little bit of you know a little dash of sugar and you know you want to bring but you want to bring that down uh you got to balance that with some tart so you splash you a little lemon in there and then you let the bourbon do its job and bada bing, bada boom, whatever you got the you got the Decker dancer or whatever the fuck. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, you're my Decker dancer. <laughs> Decker dancing dancer for podcasts. That's right. <laughs> I, I will dance to be on your podcast. Right. <laughs> if you're listening, Jason Snow, I will dance. Right. To yes. Right. <laughs> um, I was Please listening to listen some incomparable like today. And subscribe. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. What were you listening to? Oh, Speed Racer. They did, oh. they did one on Speed Racer. Have you seen Speed Racer? Was, w- wait the a minute. Movie? Speed Racer, the Wachowski's movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I mean, yes, I've seen Speed Racer in whatever permutation it has been. But, yeah, for context, Wachowski's movie, 
the very, very underrated psychedelic Thank you. Thank you. Wachowski film. We still get yes. to we still get to agree on almost everything. Um, yeah. Uh, I was about to say, and it's mentioned in that uh, episode. I got it on the bootleg, so I don't know when it actually gets released because benefits of being a member. Um, there you go. I love it. I love membership has its privileges. It does have its privileges, y'all. And speaking of Patreon membership, uh, subscription to this show has privileges as well, like early access to every episode and my gratitude, um, <laughs> which you have anyway, but you get it in like. I don't know, extra. And in, in uh, early access. That's right, in early access. Uh, yes. But back to the fact that that is a holy and, and woefully uh, misunderstood. I, don't, I, yes. I, can't even, I can't even give it underrated credit because it can't be rated if you don't understand it. And what people don't understand about it is there's nothing, nothing to understand. It's exactly what you see on it's the It's exactly on the what it is, right, right. You, you, you're, you think right. I'm watching a live-action cartoon that feels weird? Hello. Y- yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. That's exactly what you're watching. Yes. It's it's so good though. It's yeah. so good, especially if right. you're a speed fan. I right. don't I don't know how you watch that as a speed racer fan and not fucking fall in love. Uh, well, I mean, because because people are looking for cinema, you know, and and that's that's what happens is like you you know it's it is it's it's an absurd movie with a monkey, and uh. And or, or an absurd show with a monkey, mm-hmm. and you go to the, you know, I'm going to the theater to watch Speed Speed Racer. The Speed and, Racer. Right. And uh, love it. Um, Chap goes quite fast. Quite fast indeed. Yes. <laughs> quite fast indeed. Bravo. Uh, Good shit. But, right. So, so, yeah, I mean, that's what happens. And, and. I was just I was just having this conversation or a similar version of this conversation about uh, Venom. The uh, was New Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. So no, I haven't seen the sequel yet. Oh, I haven't, I haven't, haven't seen I haven't the seen. I haven't seen the sequel, but I saw the original, um, and I loved the original because in my re- you know my review of it was it was the dumbest thing ever. I loved it. Yep. Right. Because. Yep. It was, I think the best way to describe it is the, all of the actors received directions on their, on their sides. They got their scripts. They received their directions. Tom Hardy received his script with directions, but all of the directions had exclamation points for him and for Venom, right? And everyone followed their directions. Yep, yep. They right? made like, the film they wanted to make. It's, they made I, the I film they wanted that. to make. Yep. Yes. Yes. And and I I was, yeah, I vibed with it really heavily. Uh, just a ridiculous film. Right? And yeah. it was made more ridiculous by the fact that, like, Tom Hardy was starring in one version of that film and everybody else was starring in a different one. And, that's, and they just spliced them together. And, and, and it's it's it, that's what makes it fun. I mean, think about the premise of what you're watching, right? Okay, and then, then, then seriously consider that you're seriously considering it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It just falls back to the one. Okay, we're living in a time where we have a Venom, two Venom movies. Uh, yeah. To be uh, disappointed or enjoy, uh, and that should that that's worth its own thing, um, right. but at the same time, these these are fictional characters, 
who exist in our imaginations only. And I'm sorry if your imagination is boring. <laughs> it's basically where I land yeah. these days. If you can't Sucks to suck. If you can't fill the gaps, then I you know, I, I don't want to judge anyone, but that I right. there are there are questions that I would like that I, I wouldn't mind if I had legitimate answers to, but at the same time most of those questions, I don't want the the authors, the writers, the producers, the actors wasting their time answering if it's something that I can imagine an answer to. Um, right. Case in point, recently, um, aside from all of the recent uh, uh, drama that she's created for herself, uh, but in the character of Guinan, returning to mm-hmm. Picard season two, um, yes. someone wanted to go on about, well, you know, LRNs are a long-lived race, and, you know, Guinan, or Whoopi's obviously aged, and how are they going to explain that Guinan looks older? And I'm like, questions I don't want answered. Right, right. Imagination, I don't care. That's not, how is that? What part of that is going to, why why would we waste any one of five minutes of any one of those ten episodes trying to explain that? Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. It's science fiction. Who cares? You know, yeah. um, and uh, because that is that is not the point of the story. Uh, no. And I get it. I mean, it, part of part of part of being a sci fi fan is the pedantry. Right. You right. want to you want to be the nitpicker because um, that's the fun side of it. But at yeah. the same time, man, what, what that's kind of a missed point to get hung up on. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, people do it. Uh, because they do it, uh, and there, you know, and there, there are times when it works. There are times when it is, uh, is like the right thing to do, but then there are times when it's clearly not right. Yeah, yeah. That is then- that is one of the times when it's not. Uh, I just watched the Toy Galaxy about Turbo Team. Oh man, uh, what a great show that was! Right, so uh, yeah, so there was lots of uh, pedantry with with talking about the logistics of Turbo Team. Yep, which where does this you know go? as an where adult, right, right, like what if you leave your jacket in his back seat after he transforms? What happens to it? Right, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that does not land as a child because. All you're thinking about, or all I was thinking about when I was watching Turbo Teen, was why the hell can't I change into a car? Right, right. Yes, I wanted to change it. I didn't care what would happen to Becky's jacket if we left it in the right. back seat, because that's not cool, man. Changing no, into man. a car, that's cool. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> and that's, you know, that, that ultimately, when, when it comes down to storytelling, you know, um, you got to touch on some somebody's uh, emotion and you got to keep it cool, man. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like, uh, there was somebody the other day, something, you know, everything comes from Twitter or TikTok these days. Right. Right. And so uh, someone was, uh, and it was probably through, Zeki has become my source for all things crazy comic books. Uh, just, <laughs> I think that's just how the algorithm has decided we interact. And uh, right. it was something that he uh, connected to about the new Batman movie, The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Right. And the person was complaining about if you take, how can this be a Batman movie? Because it's not, it's not very comic book like. And if you take Batman out of it, all you have is a crime movie. And I'm like, 
what Batman you've been watching that it ain't just a crime movie with some crazy guy in a suit? I mean, like, isn't that Batman? Right. Isn't, isn't that Batman? Is, isn't he a right. crime guy? Like, he does crime fighting? It's in the right. name? <laughs> I mean, oh, and I mean, you can't see it right now, but I'm repping. I got my Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah, TAS. I can see True. that. Yeah. I can see that. As, I, as soon as I see that cow, I know what Ooh, it is. That, uh, I mean. I know the, what it is. Now, oh, you know what? Actually, the Batman of record. Actually, I think that, is that a TAS one? Or is that the Batman and Robin? Like uh, no, the, this is ba- a, this the Adventures is of Batman uh, and Robin. No, this is the animated series. It has the. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All Got right. it from the DC yeah. comic shop. And, uh, this well, was because, a uh, this was a I can actually wear an extra large size T shirt reward for myself. Oh, all right, congratulations yeah, for, having, yeah, for having some found some room down there, you know. Congratulations, so, that's, that's oh, that's you a look big, that's uh, a big, you look a little less Cicero than the last time I saw you too. You've hey, been you know working what? out so at Mirror Brothers. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing uh, I'm doing. It's, been, the, it's actually been like three months. It's been yeah. So it was Thanksgiving. that was Thanksgiving. The Wednesday yeah, before, that was right? like three months. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, Fuck oh. that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, you had though, bro. You've seriously dropped some pounds. Yeah, I dropped a little bit, but I, yeah. you know, I'm. It's still, in your face. Brother. I'm working. I'm working. I'm working the tonal. Yeah. Thank you. I'm working the tonal. I, I went and got myself a tonal, and uh, I'm working that thing, and I'm trying to trying to become uh, less to love so I can love more. That's hey, longer. I love the I love that uh, that ideology. Um, you know, like, uh, I told when I, you know, last summer when I went through all of these, uh, lessons and figured out that I was trying to kill my gallbladder. So it started fighting back. Right. I, uh, (laughs) I, uh, you know, that was the, that was the framing that I put into people like, Oh, it must be hard to give up meat. And I'm like, you know, I mean, maybe, I don't know, because that's not what I'm focused on. What I'm focused on is that none of my kids have picked up either Star Trek or Dungeons and Dragons. So my grandkids are my next best hope. And right. I gotta be there for that, right? <clears throat> I gotta pass the. I mean, I gotta have somebody to chuck some dice with me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, Amen. But that's where it's at. Like you said, li- a right. uh, little less to love, so I can love a little longer. That's right. That's um, right. It there is, is a uh, there's a rollover point in your life where you go from not here for a long time, so I'm here for a good time, to being like. Right. We can do both. <laughs> we can do both, right? In fact, in fact, the longer I'm here, I'm hoping the better it gets. That's right. So far, uh-huh. so good. I, I have, yeah. I have better friends, uh, better family, uh, and uh, better stuff than I did before. You know. Yeah. And the la- I mean, yeah. the stuff is the least of all that. But uh, right. But you know. Uh, speaking of things that came with the future, like you know, uh, like you said, speaking of that guy, six hundred miles away, via the series of tubes on the internet, you know, right, right, um, and then the fact that we're sitting here comparing our our cameras, <laughs> right, right, like you you have a nine twenty two, right? Yes. Yeah. So yes. yeah, I'm I'm over here, uh, you know, riding dirty and, and right. on older buses. Oh no, actually, actually, you know what? You're a step up. I've got a 920 because this oh, thing is probably. So I'm in the middle. It's I'm the middle. yeah. So it's probably this camera. Oh man, I want to say I bought it in 2013, 2014. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. Got your money out of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then some. For sure. And then some, For sure. and then yeah. So now I got, and then I upgraded. Eight years later. Well, I that's you know, 
No, it is time. It is time. Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But, man, by the time you treat yourself to something new, uh, it, it turns out to be, a, you know, a really nice upgrade for yourself. You right. Know? We, right. Um, we went through and we had we had been – so when we moved into this house 20 years ago this coming fall uh, – there was the stove was already here okay and uh and so we figured out you know great so stove already here everything worked pretty good um but there was a there was a a thermometer in there uh and it was marked you know whatever and we're like what's that all about and i think i took it out and we went through uh maybe half a dozen frozen pizzas before we figured out that the oven uh, has to be turned 75 degrees less than what you want the temperature to be because it's one of the oh. elements is out. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, but we lived with this oven in that condition up until last year. And the element, hey. the bottom element finally died. Yep. Cicero, this stove was made by RCA. Whoa. Wow. And I'm wow. pretty sure it was made by RCA when they still made things in America. Wow. So this stove did wow. its did its duty to God and God. Yes, yes it did. Um yes, it so, did. but at the same time that that had happened, uh you know, as as you do when you get the multifunction device, you get the printer scanner whatever it is and one thing right, dies, right, right, the whole right, thing right, dies. Right. Yes, yes. So we had a our microwave was one of these things that claimed to be a conventional oven, a microwave oven yes. and an air fryer. Right. Well, right, they right. only do one of the three of those things for any given time before it died. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were actually without a microwave. So we were literally cooking everything that anything we ate, we had to find a way to cook it on the stovetop. Right. Because um, <laughs> the oven wasn't working. Because the oven yeah. wasn't working and the microwave was yeah. down. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you choose to live a certain way for a while before you're just like, this is ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it right. isn't, I mean, nobody are, was dying. We are humans in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have resources. Adults. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, finally, finally decided now's the time. Here's the room. We can make this happen. We went and got a new stove. Nice. Uh, and we used a local, uh, we used an actual mom and pop store in town to, you know, because they'll treat you right. Yeah. And uh, uh, so they, you know, I mean, delivery, install and haul off, no extra charge. Uh, nice. You know, if you can support a local business, highly recommend. Always do. Always do it. Um, but yeah, so now the stove, you know, you can set the temp and it'll tell you kind of beep boop i'm ready oh my you know gosh. you can set the set the time uh mm. one of the you know the there's there's uh three big burners and one small burner but one of the big burners has an interior small burner and so you turn the knob to one side to get the midi the little burner and then you know and then and then oh just you know oh, just geez. in a light uh, in the oven right. what Aren't, aren't you afraid that your monocle is going to catch fire when you yeah. use it? Oh, look. Right. Oh, oh, dear, Trisha. Right. Right. I say. <laughs> these modern conveniences. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, you yeah, you got it. You got to feel like, uh, you know, like you're you're the, the Rockefellers or the. All of a sudden. All yeah, of a sudden. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah. But I tell you, you learn. And, and you back me up here or not, but you learn as you get a little bit older, the things that you thought um, you wouldn't want to spend money on uh, oh, man. as you get older, you un- you learn why, oh, that's why you spend 
X lots of money on a bed. Uh, you spend a third of your life in it. Is all I'm going to say. Hey, you know, I treat yourself uh, well. <laughs> so when when I was younger, right as a younger adult, um, I would do a bunch of things. I'd be you know running around in my house. The TV would be on, and I wouldn't necessarily be paying attention to it, but it would be on the, in the background. Um, and I just turn on cable, and the channel was. ESPN. Yeah. Right. It was on. There was stuff going on, that kind of stuff. I would go to parents' houses, my, my, uh, you know, my significant other's parents' houses or, or, you know, grandparents or something like that. I would go to their house and then in the background that would, you know, the TV would be on. And if it wasn't some news program, it was the weather channel. Right. 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 And I would sit and I would notice this and I'm like, damn it. Like, Oh, like, what is up with, like, w- when was the meeting? Like, was it, is it like subliminal messaging in the AARP magazines? Like, what is it with, with these, with this older generation and their obsession with the weather? Why are they doing this all the time? Well, I discovered recently that there is a, there is a transition period. Mm-hmm. I have stopped putting on, uh, my background TV stuff is no longer uh, ESPN. And it's not the Weather Channel, but it is HGTV. And I am watching all sorts of home shows. I'm watching Fixer Upper shows. I'm flipping and I'm flopping. I'm uh, <laughs> saying yes to this list. I'm renovating. I am doing, I just, Kristen and I just watched uh, one Sunday. We sat down and we watched an entire series called The Ugliest Home in America. It was fascinating. It was amazing. They so it was like to, 15 hours of staring at my house? Like. Right, right. Was, <laughs> so they went to four regions, the four regions of the country, northeast, southeast, which included Texas for some reason, or the yeah. south, the Midwest, and then the West Coast. From each of those regions... They they had they profiled four homes, and they went and visited those four homes, got the stories, what have you. They picked one home from each region. Then after they got all of the winners from each region, they selected one of the homes to be the ugliest home in America, and they would give that home a hundred and fifty thousand dollar makeover. We watched all five episodes this one Sunday afternoon. Um, and I turned to her at one point, we were sitting there watching them, and I go, I really love my life with you. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, right. this was heaven. It was yeah. the, like, oh, man, I, if if 40-year-old me, 45-year-old me could go and talk to 25-year-old me and tell 25-year-old me that this is what I was doing, 25-year-old me would kick me in the shins and push me down the stairs. Right? Like, that's yep. ridiculous. Listen here, old man. Th- right. That is the happy place. And it's yep. it's so funny. And what I realized is, I realized this a while ago that that's who we were. That's who me and my spouse were. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that my contemporaries, a lot of my friends, were also those people because everybody's favorite show was 
uh, Millionaire Dream House. Yeah. Oh, David, right? <laughs> everybody loves that show. Everybody loves that show. So everybody else is watching HDTV as well. So yeah, that we, is uh, what happens. We would stumble. Um, we don't. We don't do the cable thing, so it's a lot harder to stumble into an afternoon set around fest. Right. Uh, but we would. We would often. Um, and you know, you do it. We have downtime in the Sunday, <clears throat> Saturday afternoon, whatever, and you start right. flipping through, and inevitably. Uh, you land on the uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Man. Oh, there you, know? you go. And, don't, don't. Uh, yeah, you know, and which is never going to make me sad with Miss uh, Hardigay. So we can always right. watch that. <laughs> we can all that is that is always a watch. Um, and uh, but that's not like we didn't watch that show. We don't watch that show. Like you don't no. tune in for that. But you stumble right. on a marathon. This is what we're doing today. Yeah, you know, and because uh, yep. one great. I mean, it's a great kind of an anthology. You don't have to be in it to win it the whole no. time right um, so have right. you been keeping up with uh with all the star trek stuff uh yes well uh as as your uh you know one of your more recent guests uh is is my long lost co-host from the discovery debrief podcast uh so we are still we're still uh talking about the the latest journeys in fact in real time as of this recording 24 hours from now I will be recording the latest episode of Discovery Debrief where we'll be talking about the finale of Star Trek Prodigy. Ooh. Uh, which has quarter because uh, the the technically it's season 1.0 and there's going to be season 1.5 in the fall. Really? So yeah. it's it's 10 episodes. So that is it's so a 20 episode season. So it's a 20 split. episode season. Mm-hmm. So that so that is a thing that we'll also be talking about tomorrow is um, while I absolutely adore the show, I was so confused by the show. I was confused by its branding. I was confused by the messaging. Um, but I knew that I was go- at least going to give it a chance. Um, and I've fallen in love. I think it's a, a phenomenal show. Yep. Um, I, I still kind of quibble about where where the audience is or who the audience is for this show. Um, but But at least... I'm I'm glad it, it's around because at least I'm the audience for the show, right? Yep. Um, but a problem that I have with Paramount Plus, a problem that I have with this show in particular, is that there there has been a a distinct lack of messaging surrounding um, the parameters of the show. When does the show air? How long are the seasons? What is yeah. the schedule? Like, you know, all of these things. So, like, you just you just stumble upon it on because it's like, you know, so the show is branded for Nickelodeon, but Nickelodeon doesn't exist really because kids Nickelodeon is a kid's channel and kids don't watch cable. So it's not a channel anymore. Right. Right. So it really just kind of exists on this on the streaming service. Right. Well, and I think, too, we see a lot of that um, to to, to pull back a little bit. Like, the idea of this show was born with Discovery in 2016. Right. And everything, I mean, even though that's a short, what, six years ago? Yeah, right. So so we're not even talking about that now. But so much, that just distills how much has changed. You know, you mentioned living in the future now. 
uh, Nickelodeon was still viable as a you know target point then. Right, and, right in 2016, and, sure. And you know I, they have. I think what you and I, or or you know, folks of our uh, uh, disposition, uh, have to come to understand is, thankfully, and, and you know, to Paramount's credit, they are moving in the moment. They're actually being very nimble um, because I, while the lack of communication is definitely a key point, what I what I think has happened here is is they have used what they have available to keep Star Trek on every week, yes, uh, but have had to navigate certain hurdles along with COVID protocols, things like that, um, right. you know, because I don't feel like they intended for Discovery to take a hiatus, right? But they had to, I think they've had to find these breaks so that, one, they want to, the only way everyone stays subscribed is if there's new Star Trek every week. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't. You know, Disney's doing the same thing. The only way that people stay subscribed is if there's new Star Wars every week. Star Wars, new Marvel, right. <laughs> new right. Marvel or new Star Wars every week. Right. Um, yeah. And you know that's their job. That yay, good for us. I'm happy about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But I think that's also you know where where this uh, obviously you look at the quality of the product and you look at the intent and the love that has gone into it. And Prodigy is not a slapdash. Um, this isn't George no. Lucas going, I want to make the Clone Wars. Right. Um, because I've been re-watching the Clone Wars, and whoo boy. Yeah. Those early episodes, man, you might as well be playing <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic, brother. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's rough stuff. Well, the, yeah, um, I mean, they, the the animation style is, has aged poorly. Yeah. It was very distinct, um, and those things can either be timeless or very much of their time, and it is very much of its time. But to give them credit uh, where it's due and to show how, again, things have become adaptable in the programming uh, times when we, we call that, what is that, um, uh, when you do your sprints, agile, right? Right. Agile, right? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, agile. Uh, but but even then, um, they have, uh, you know, they have managed to um, mold into where things are now with the way that they're telling these stories. Right. Um, and with Prodigy, uh, you know, they have obviously put a lot of work into this and they've had a few years to get it right back to where, like in the in the style of the Clone Wars, you watch something like the Bad Batch now. Right. Yeah. And the backgrounds are cinematic. The set pieces sure. are cinematic. You could yeah, you could put those as the background to the volume and right. be an episode of The Mandalorian. But they have had to maintain the idiosyncrasies of those character models, which right, still, yeah, because they still have that herky jerky little bit of movement that they always do. Absolutely. And to their credit, though, they've married those two things together very well. You yes. Know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? That's what you've got to you you kind of have to do is especially with animation, and that, you know, it gives you the kind of the freedom and the liberty to do that is is you can come up with a very distinct style and look at south park mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. look at south park look at look at if you think back you know i mean south park south park is is like the simpsons and then look at the simpsons right um in in very much the same way that these are shows that for for reasons unbeknownst to anyone they're still around but it seems <laughs> it seems wrong if they weren't right yeah, like yeah. but if you if you look at early episodes of of uh of <laughs> uh, south park 
I'm just thinking back to like 97 and working, you know, working in an office and the cool tech guys were up on this new show called South Park and they're laughing and giggling at this thing because it's kids and it's, you know, it's kind of taboo. And it just looks like stop frame animation with cardboard cutouts as, as the, you know, as what they're using for the the, the animation. Right. And, and now it's all computer generated, but they had to, you know, they, they were able to maintain that, that aesthetic. Right. Uh, And, you know, and that is, that is their aesthetic and, and uh, to the Clone Wars credit, that has become their aesthetic and and you know what Lucasfilm and Disney has been able to do is throw enough money at it to make it look as good as that aesthetic could possibly look. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. you know, uh, uh, just to make it incredibly clear, there's absolutely no slight against the Clone Wars as a product because yes, um, that is the prequel we deserved. Uh, if you as 100%. a Star Wars fan aren't aren't up to date on. Um, the Clone Wars, highly recommend. Uh, do a Google, though, if you're not interested in eight seasons worth of sometimes uh, not necessarily relevant stories. Um, there are some really well-cultivated uh, um, watch lists that get you mm-hmm. all the best stuff. Um, and one of the more important features of The Clone Wars is that uh, through the first couple of seasons, there are a lot of uh, asynchronous episodes that are out of order. Uh, because it's an anth- it was intended to be an anthology style series, so things don't happen in chronological order through like the first two and a half seasons. Um, there's a lot of out of order stuff, uh, so um, there are also watch lists that put things in chronological order for you. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, the way that uh, I think the modern the modern age has allowed these companies who are paying attention, the ones who are paying attention, to be agile is part of something that you and I as these old old school media fellas have to adapt to, you know, right. as willing as we are to adapt and as adaptive as we have been, we still have lessons to learn just like in everything, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, the thing, the thing is I only have to answer to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, when I see a problem that is a problem for me, I come up with a solution generally speaking. Right. I come yeah. up with a solution that works for me. That's right. Uh, and and if if that is the case, that that solution could be very very localized, right? Even even when I'm thinking, if I'm thinking, I'm thinking broadly. If yeah. everyone is following me, right? Uh, so it can still be very localized, and that you know that's to say that you may come up with a solution that may make sense to you. But it only makes sense to you from your perspective, and you're not looking at the perspective of the community at large, the corporation, their needs, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and you know, and then then there are obviously times where you are thinking broadly, and you you have come up with with a solution that would work. Um, and, you know, and, and it turns out that the answer is that the organization is either, uh, you know, willfully or, un, you know, unwillfully ignorant of this solution um, for, you know, for whatever that reason may be. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've got uh, I've got now, Dan, 
I'm going to put your feet to the fire. I want to put you. What you got? You took us in the hot. Are you turning tables on me? I am going to turn (laughs) the tables Uh on you. We started talking Clone Wars. It got me to thinking Uh about you talked about the prequels that we did deserve. Yeah. I am going to ask you in light of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Has your feelings about the prequel trilogy changed or, or how have they changed if they have? Okay. So this, uh, excellent question. I, uh, I actually, it's funny that you mentioned this because I have recently, uh, I, I switched I switched uh, star franchises for a hot second, y'all, and I went over and did some Star Wars for a little bit um, okay. the last few days. And so I have actually watched uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones uh, within the last few days. It's interesting that oh, you okay. asked this. Um, in the mindset of what we know now. Okay. And what and in filtering through the criticisms that I know people have, right? Sure. So looking for like much like I did for that episode of Josh Dan and Superman where we where we talked about yes. uh, Man of Steel, uh, which is not my favorite Superman movie, uh, mm-hmm. but I I wanted to find the reasons that I enjoyed it, and so I went through and I, there all, have always been parts about the Phantom Menace. What you got to remember about the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones is I worked in the movie theaters when those movies came out, so mm-hmm. I was there live and in person for the hype. Um, I have a copy of the Anakin poster where the shadow cast Darth Vader silhouette right. because I'm that guy. Uh, and that poster and is awesome. And it's an awesome poster. <laughs> that poster is awesome. Um, and uh, uh, so, you know, I have always wanted to give them a lot of space. Um, they are flawed. Uh, but as we grow and we learn and we see there are elements of the stories that really do come together or places that they found to make these nuanced ties that you may not be paying attention to because you're caught up in the spectacle, right? And so mm-hmm. I do recommend going back and looking at these films uh, in a with a different perspective, uh, any film that you've enjoyed, uh, especially as a child, because there are things that you have missed, I promise you. Oh, um, yeah, well, that's true. And and one of the things, it's so subtle, dude, and it's right there at the beginning um, when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan arrive uh, to to the uh, Trade Federation for negotiations. Right. Um, and they're walking in. They've come off the ship. They're walking into the, the uh, council room to wait. And uh, oh, got Qui-Gon mm-hmm. is advising Obi-Wan to stay mindful, stay present in the current, you know, stay present in the force. Right. Uh, right. Not not focus on your anxieties, and the next line is Master Yoda taught me da 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 da, and the reply to that is well you know remember young Padawan, and so in two lines of dialogue he covers the my master was Yoda bit right. from Empire that we're all right. like so right. obviously he has just come recently or within a reasonable short amount of time from being Yoda's student in some regard to Qui-Gon's Padawan. And it's established in the dialogue, but you weren't paying attention. In the movie and Attack of the Clones too, which is definitely, I think, the weakest of the prequel trilogy um, Mm -hmm. for reasons. Uh, But it's good. It's got lots of great moments. Um, But there are moments in there too that that, that they just, they crystallize the whole 
the whole thing in a way that I don't think the bulk of the sequel trilogy eventually will. I don't see where Rise of Skywalker will ever boil itself into the mix the way that the prequels have for me. Um, I, I still feel like I have to set it aside and maybe it will come. Maybe maybe it will come back. Maybe there will be a time in 20 years where I can incorporate that movie into it as well. But right now, it's just a fun thing to watch that has Star Wars on the title. But the eight films up to that point, they're, they're really working to bring those stories together now, too, I think. So you're saying the eight films being before the sequel trilogy, the eight the eight films before the sequel trilogy? Oh, no, the, the eight, eight films, films before before Rise of Skywalker. Right, the eight films of the nine in the Skywalker saga. Saga. So, okay. yeah, so episodes one through eight, um, I think will cohese a lot more solidly than the ninth one will. I feel like it will always feel tacked on. Uh, but I am, I am ready to be wrong in 20 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. All right, because well, I would have, uh, I would have, I would have given that same criticism twenty years ago of the prequels, and felt like they just feel tacked on. Right. But the more Star Wars we get, it's just like the more Trek we get, the more it fits there you together. Go. Well, well, you know, um, Endgame, mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, made Thor: The Dark World mm-hmm. a movie that mattered. Yep, which right? I will, I will. I will always say uh, you were wrong for thinking it was a bad movie in the first place. Uh, I never me. thought. I yeah, never I know not was, you personally. Yeah. Right. I never thought it was a bad movie, but I didn't think it was a good movie. Right. right. I've, I I didn't think it was a great movie. Most of the Marvel films have been great. Right. Great to transformative. Yeah. Um, and and that movie was a good movie. It was the first um, one that felt like it. It was like, oh, OK. right 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 exactly exactly um and and i think i think for a lot of people the first thor film the first thor film was really good and not oh my gosh this was amazing you know um i think people really loved there were i really loved thor i thought it was great but i know that i went to see thor in the theaters with people that came out and was like oh it was okay um, and then Dark World, I came out and was like, oh, that was okay. Yeah. Um, but, but like, I knew that at that point the machine was rolling, so I didn't have to spend a lot of time and energy on whether or not, you know, if this movie was bad, did it mean, did it pretend terrible things for the future or what have you? So it was just okay that it was just okay and kept moving, but it, it was a movie that was very much in the back of my mind and wasn't, you know, the details of which didn't, didn't really matter until, uh, end game, you know, Avengers end game and end game revisited that film in ways that made, made the moments and the events of that film very, very meaningful. Exactly. And I think that, I think that for the prequel trilogy, clone wars have done, you know, Clone Wars and and a lot of the animated stuff that we've that we've received over the years have done the same thing have have kind of given uh, they've filled in the narrative gaps to make 
some of those smaller moments or those moments that seem kind of nonsensical or just uh, whimsical in in the sequel in the prequel trilogies in those moments uh, and made those moments matter. Right. And and uh, I think that's that's been great. I was always I was always someone who enjoyed Attack of the Clones because it was the moment where I got to see Luke and Leia's parents fall in love. Whoa. Now, you may think that story is dumb, right? Like you may think their love affair is dumb, but I at least I get to see it. And that's where I was, right? That's yep. where I I settled I settled on it. Was like, "Oh, okay. I get to see their parents. Like Luke is the hero, he's the guy, and I get to see his grandparents." Right or his parents, yeah, actually come come together and 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 find themselves and fall in love and well have those moments, you know. And um, and are you are you up to are you up to speed on Boba Fett? I am not. I have okay. not watched a, a bit of Boba Fett yet. Ooh, well then yeah. I will I will refrain from all of those things and just say that uh, it continues in the spirit of. The, the becoming the glue to the the it's it's like it's that that whole how how do you fill in a hole right right you start with big rocks and then you right. start with pebble and then you go to pebbles and then you go to sand yeah. well we're in the pebbles and sand parts of of the Star Wars mythos now right right and the work they're doing in the Mandalorian and the work they're doing in Book of Boba Fett and the work they're going to right. do in Obi Wan and Ahsoka are the pebbles and the sand, right. and I think what we've what we've fortunately come to know uh, in a lot of ways is that maybe maybe Star Wars was always better for television, right? Well, uh, yes, yes, it, it yeah. is born yeah. of serialized storytelling, right? And a movie every five years isn't a great way to tell serialized stories. Um, and we're seeing them put the same effort, money, and talent into a TV show. TV right. show. Um, I mean, let's be honest. They're long-form movies at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Right. Um, episodic films. Yeah, episodic um, they, films. They, well, the, the, thing, the thing that we've, we've got to also understand is the, the genius of Lucas was that he created this universe. Mm -hmm. He created a galaxy that that was was talked about and only like there was there were portions of it that existed in our eyes right but most of it existed in our brains mm -hmm. and it was discussed and we sat and we wondered and we were curious about and as we've gotten uh these films we've gotten more of some of those things shown to our eyes but there's still so much of it that's still in our brains and it's in it's that's where the magic of Star Wars is, right? It's not just in and you know, and that's part of where, like you said, like the the, the films have kind of gotten gotten lost is part of where the magic lives is not just in the Jedi's and the lightsabers and the Force and and all that other stuff, but it's in the it's the galaxy far far away, you know. Yeah. You, know, you know, a long time ago, like that's where the magic is. And it's all these things that like, all right, well, what's going on at the Mos Eisley Cantina? What are the other cantinas like? What's a spaceport like? You know, 
what happens on Kashyyyk? Like, I want to know those things. Can I go to, uh, 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 you know, um, what's what's the 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 the, the planet that uh, Han Solo is from? Corellia. Yeah. Right. Let's like, go there. Right. Like, I want to go to these places and see what's going on there. So, like, tell me those stories. That's that's where the magic of Star Wars is, and you know, and that's why. A movie like Rogue One was so well received by Star Wars fans yep. because it wasn't about the one; it was just a story regular people in, making a difference. Right, right. It was a story in this universe, and that's why the Bad Batch and you know and 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 a lot of these other shows and Clone Wars is great because it's the clones and this Skywalkers, but it's still also about like you know just. Saga, the saga bits, right? The saga bits, right? And uh, yeah, I, I, I hope they continue to explore that space and just give us stories that are that exist in that space that don't exist with the characters we know. I think. I think what you just said there is touching on why it's the it's the uh, je ne sais quoi of Prodigy, right. why it's why it's ringing right. bells with with wherever the audience is is because it is a cast of characters that are regular folk in a situation, you know, we could all find ourselves in a group like yes. them trying to solve a problem, but at the same time, there are not galaxy-ending stakes at hand. Yes. Right? It is not discovery with the energy monster who's coming to ruin everybody's day. Oh my gosh. Right. You know, which is fine. You know, you've got to you gotta be epic and big and bombastic these days. Yeah. But let's fill in the sand. Prodigies are sand yeah. right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh and, and lower decks is our pebbles and, right. and Star Trek oh, is gosh. our is our uh boulders and right. kind of the same with um, you know, with with the way they're filling in the holes with the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and only yeah. to be presumed with the shows. Well, and, and, you know, on the Marvel side, you know, yeah. we just Hawkeye, the Hawkeye series was Great delightful. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, fun to watch. was delightful, uh, of full of pebbles and, and Marvel is doing a great job with that. We're getting moonlight moon night. And yep. I don't know, you know, a couple weeks. Day, yeah. Days, hours, who knows? Um, and, uh, yeah, like that's, that's where I want to live right now. Like I want to live, you know, damn, damn. Our comic books are, have come to life. On a weekly basis. Right. And they're <laughs> impeccably casted. Uh-huh. And they look incredible. Yep. Yeah. And they're being taken, they're being taken care of by people, by us as, who right. also loved them. Right. Yeah. It is it is remarkable. Yeah. Remarkable. Right? And they're like, so th- those things, I remember when the Captain America movie came out in the 80s and there was the Punisher movie in the 80s with David Hasselhoff, right? And we were just excited because they existed. Yeah. We never expected quality, right? Like, oh, yeah. That's, you know, Christopher Reeves made Superman. That's it. Like, oh, yeah. that was good. Yeah. But even they couldn't do it three times. Nope. Right? By the time, <laughs> by the time they got to the, although the third, the third one has my, my favorite Superman scene. Yep. Right. The, the third one has my favorite Superman scene 
which is Superman versus Clark Kent. That fight is amazing. Uh, uh, yep. Best fight, best fight ever. Um, and best fight ever. And also a, a, a real hint into how underrated Christopher Reeve was as an actor. Because if you haven't seen him in anything other than Superman, you are doing yourself a right, disservice. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what was it? Not Time After Time. What was the name of that movie? Uh, something, something Beyond Time. I don't know. It was a great movie. Search Christopher Reeve, Time. Great movie from like 1982. Really, really great. Um, but anyway, from Superman 3, when he fights himself, there are acting touches that he does for Clark Kent that are like very much Clarkisms yep. as he's fighting himself it, that are just like, oh man, you know, like it's just, you know, kind of the way he stands a little and just just certain things. It's, it's really, really good. Really good. I think that's on YouTube somewhere. You can, you can go and watch it. Well, um, and uh, I was thinking about that today because I was listening to uh, the Biffcast, and you know uh, I can't remember under what context, but it was talking about how in you know in, in in Batman on the Batman side of things, Bruce is the mask, and Batman is the real right. character, and yeah. on the Superman side of things, Superman is the mask, and Clark Kent is always yeah. Clark Kent is right. the heart of who he, he's right. Clark Kent is he's aspirational. Yeah. Right. Like that's it's it's Superman trying to be normal. Yep. As opposed Superman to, tries to be Clark Kent. Whereas right. Yes. Bruce whereas Wayne is Bruce always Wayne is Batman. Always Batman is always Batman. And he pretends to be Bruce Wayne. Yep. Until he can be Batman again. Right. Yep. And uh, Superman yeah. is Superman when he has to be. And he always wants to be Clark Kent. Yep. Yep. And uh and, and that is like where you said Clarkisms, that is where um, that is where Chris sold it uh, in a way that it gets yeah. missed a lot. Right. Um, and it is. That's it is why so Brandon Ralph is number two. For, yeah. 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 That's and, why you know, Brandon Ralph is I mean, is and we're talking about like a hair's breadth number two right. because like he, he, he stepped into the spirit of that role in <sighs> the uh, Superman Returns. Yeah. He was just, man, he had that all shucks quality. One it of my was, favorite, it was like uh, Superman. It was like Superman 2.5. Yeah. One of my favorite facts about Superman Returns is he throws not one single punch in the entire film. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? You can ask Dan Moore about that. I got that fact from him. Wow. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. 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 You're thinking, you're like, it. you're thinking about right. it. You're I'm like, going no. through the film now. Yep. Yeah. Right. He gets shot in the eye. Yeah, which is a ridiculously great comic book moment. Yes. Think about the, you want to talk about ridiculous logistics. Think about the logistics of these cats trying to rob a bank in 2005, right. whenever it was, 2006. And, right. But they have a helicopter, but they also have a 50 cal that they have time to pin to the roof. Right. <laughs> just to take pot shots at the Man of Steel. Yep. Who were you thinking was coming? That right. you brought that anyway, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah. the aspe- the effect of it, I will do it every time. Yeah. Do yep. it every time. Yeah, uh, absolutely, do it every time. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, it, it, there, there's just nuance in the way that Chris carried himself as Clark that would totally 100 percent sell the. Oh yeah, no, there's no way you're Superman. You know, right. Right. It isn't the glasses, it's the affectation, it's not, y'all. Yeah, it's it's the affectations, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, he 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 really did sell it. He really did sell it. Whereas uh yeah, um uh what's his name? Dean Kane. Oh didn't, you know. No, no. Dean Kane yeah. did not. Yeah, so it was just I have a rule about Superman, and it is you must always earn the cape. Um mm. you don't just get it to be on right. screen. If you aren't right. Superman when you're not Superman, then you're not Superman. Right. Right. You know, and he fails that test, to my yeah. opinion. You know, he does. He does. <laughs> Sadly. He does. And uh, yeah. I, I do. I will say that I understand that he is a generation's Superman. And I'm not going to take that away from anyone. Uh, but I miss that show That's... and I don't get to go back. I, I, I fortunately don't have to go back and watch it now. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, there you go. There you go. I, yeah, I, I mean, really we, were, we, were, we were blessed. We were blessed yeah. to have Chris. Um, yeah. And he he came from George, and uh, yeah. you know yeah. those were our kids. Those were our childhood Superman, and it worked out really good for us. It did it did you know? It oh did. my goodness, Cicero! We could talk for hours and hours upon hours more. Yep. You know? Yep. Fortunately, um, you know we would have had this conversation whether or not things were being recorded, which is why uh, I was about sure. You. Uh, yeah, I mean you yeah. know. Are, are we were recording this? Is that what was right. happening? Apparently, oh, yeah. Okay. We did a sh- we did right. an entire podcast. Oh, all right. You do oh. so many, you never know, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just assume it's either being recorded or not. Right. right. Yeah. We're either on a show or not. Um, but gosh, dude, no. Thanks so much. Uh, hold on, just a second. Let me let me just go look real quick. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even. You know, the format, I quote unquote, format of the show has changed such that, you know, I don't really bother with a bombastic intro and all this other brouhaha anymore. Uh, but it is important for the folks to know that I've been speaking with Cicero Holmes, one of my very good friends, uh, who became such uh, through this show. So it accomplished its goal. But you were, <laughs> dear friend, where are you on the list? You're early on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, oh. a, yeah, a different name of a podcast at that time. Guy English was before you? That seems yes. weird. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, there I mean, you are, number 14. number 14. Number 14. 73 episodes ago. 73 wow. weeks ago you debuted wow. on the show. Um, and that would have been very close to around the same time that uh, – uh, I was catching up to from the first round of recordings and actually getting close to contemporary. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, we definitely won't. I mean, not that you and I, person to person, right. would ever wait 73 weeks to speak to each other again. But we are definitely not going to wait 73 weeks to have you back on the show again. Oh, well, uh, I am honored that you would think that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and you know, I uh, hate to scare you away. Don't make any plans, but I'll be <laughs> up your way for Star Trek's Mission Chicago uh, All right. when the time comes. So if, um, if if the time comes, when the time comes, you you know where I stay. I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, you know where I stay. <laughs> I got to yeah. point that out also is that, uh, you know, I have uh, I didn't realize what a serious level up I had over all the rest of your incomparable panel members and that I have actually met you in person that is you know uh, yes done the done the face-to-face thing uh of yeah incredibly privileged right of the people that you have interviewed um that that know me know me and know us both uh only only chris clow has met me uh, has 
spent more time with me than than you have. Oh wow, wow, you, wow. you know that you I'm and, in good company. You and Zachy, you and Zachy are about tied. Yeah, we we spent a delightful afternoon together, um, and uh, and then everyone else is our can you our imagine net friends? Can you imagine a world wherein Cicero and Dan and Zeki and Chris and all of us get together in person? I don't know. That's how singularities form. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Should um, we take the risk? Are we, are I, we yeah, responsible I, look, enough? I mean, look, we can we can wind up on the on the on the ship. It's true. Uh, it's true. Yeah, I'd tell you, build our mashed potatoes. Yes, there we go. There we go. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's you know, true. Let true. let the little person lead me by the hand, and we can go off and do the thing. I'll take that. I'll take that trip. Yeah, um, yeah but get yeah, me out of here. <laughs> let folks know, <laughs> Mister Cicero. Let the folks know where you are and what you do, and how we can how we can find you. Oh, thank you very much, Dan. I am Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan on all of your social media platforms. S-T-U-B-B-Y, S-T-A-N, S-T-A-N. Yeah. Not Stabby Stan. That is a different person. Um, <laughs> That's his evil but, twin, Stabby yeah, Stan. Yeah, but that person does exist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, go ahead and you know, you can follow me on all all the social media platforms. Um, uh, my tweets are my own. My ideas may not necessarily be, but uh, it's a great time anyway. And uh, you can find me on a bunch of different podcasts. Just uh, search, you know, stay close, stay close to Twitter. You can. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you about this, listeners. If uh, you can guarantee that about half the podcasts I recommend, he's probably on them. Uh, at, least, at least on several of the episodes. So, right. um, oh, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again here in just a few short weeks and, uh, definitely appreciate that you made the time to be on the uh, show again tonight. Um, always a joy to see your beautiful face, my friend. Uh, whenever you put up the Thundercat symbol, my eyes light up, brother. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All about the Thundercats. ho. That's right. <laughs> uh, but speaking of things I'm grateful for, and uh, folks, I want to say thanks to you. That's you, dear listeners, for tuning in yet again, uh, lending in your ears over to our bits and bites and ones and zeros as they stream into your brain. Um, but uh, as all good things must come to an end, this too must come to an end. And we will say good night. Good night. Hey, we went off and made ourselves a podcast. <laughs>